In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, welcome, good morning, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Tuesday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayyum, and joining me today is Imam Daniel Ahmed. Good morning, peace be on you, brother. Good morning, thank you, and uh, good morning to you as well. How has your week been on the beginning of the week? Um, same, not uh, any different from the past, any week or day. Um, uh, usually go to my office, um, do some sports and uh, like, I usually do badminton. Uh, what about you? Do you do any, any sports? I'm too old to do sports. Nah. <laughs> sports does me. There's <laughs> I mean, there's no age for, for doing sports. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm at that age when, when your knees kind of, when you when you get up in the morning, your, your knees say a lot of things to at you. At least you can do some cardio, I believe. I do. I walk a lot. <laughs> yeah. I walk. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. when 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 your knees uh, and and your back uh, uh, makes music in the morning, <laughs> it, it, it it tells you a lot. I'm just imagining that what's going to happen to me in that age. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, it's good. It's good to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good to be active in the morning. I, I am yeah. I am a morning person, so uh, I don't mind the mornings, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the weather uh, does does uh, make a huge difference in how one feels in the morning. Yeah, especially uh, in winter. Yeah. Especially in winter. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we've been uh, fortunate that February has been actually, and the end of January, the past couple of weeks have been. Um, it's been there's been a there's been a chill, but uh, comparatively to what has been normally the weather in England um, around late January, early February, we have been we've been fortunate. Yeah, but you never know because weather. Yeah. Well, yes, of course. Uh, um, they are predicting that uh, the the this this short stint of good weather, um, you know, uh, inverted yeah. commas is going um, this week or coming week. Yeah, there's going to be snow. So, mm-hmm. just looking at the weather, you know, we have uh, what what people forget, and and I suppose we ourselves forget that we're not we're not London anymore. Yeah. We are UK. So to our brothers in and sisters in Edinburgh and in. Manchester and then in Birmingham and in Bradford and in Coventry and Londonderry, Cardiff. Mm, yeah. The weather is so different north. In the north, it's so much more colder. So um, to our brothers and sisters in, in the north, uh, make sure you keep warm. Uh, <laughs> make sure that, uh, you know, you've taken all the precautions when you go out. Make sure, make sure your tires are legal and they've got that grip when you hit the road. Yeah, ju- I just like two or three weeks ago, I went to Manchester and there was snow, so I enjoyed a week uh, over there. You see, it's easy for us to when we go up and we we see a bit of snow because London doesn't have snow anymore. Literally, yeah. We're we're too polluted. (laughs) We're we're too polluted for for, for snow to sit here. But to our brothers and sisters in the north and in in southwest um, and now in Birmingham as well. Hmm. Um, You know, uh, when we go up, it's it's okay. It's a novelty to see, oh, look, there's snow. (laughs) But then a couple of days later, we drive down and we say, thank God for that. But... To our, for 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 people who live there, this is a norm. Do you love love snow or do you love uh, summery weather or 
kind of i'm 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 more mildish in between now that's why you know political answer is not a political answer it's the middle answer <laughs> the islamic way is the middle way <laughs> is he even whether has islam in it <laughs> if you say so yeah yes um edinburgh has got uh, temperatures are um in and around 5 degrees belfast is 6 manchester is 11 london uh, 12 is it is warmer uh comparatively but it is windy outside right now it is windy yes um but you know that's the a bit drizzle as well yeah the drizzle started yeah. as well so you know it's it, the 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 message really is make sure look you're covered up we get so used to uh, short stints of mild weather that we forget that all it takes is a few seconds to to catch a cold um which yeah. develops into flu which develops into Uh, you know pains in the knees when you wake up in the morning uh, so so please do be careful when you're going out there make sure your cars are um uh, you know uh, cars are up to scratch in respect of tackling these weathers especially our brothers and sisters in the north mm-hmm. um who who suffer this every day um but um and if you're not on a car and if you're on a bus or if you're walking uh, wrap yourself up warm uh, better to be safe then sorry um let's see what's happening in around the world um the the yesterday the news last night um all the channels uh were 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 covering the main headline where israel highness king uh, amonak king charles has been diagnosed with cancer um one hopes and prays that uh, may god grant him uh, health may god grant him full recovery Mm-hmm. Um, and give him long life um uh, this is uh, the king has been going through certain checks uh, over the past uh, couple of weeks and months and uh, this was something that uh, apparently um, has been caught early um and uh, again one hopes and prays that it is treatable uh, and uh, the king uh, is uh, recovered uh, uh, recovers uh, you know properly but this news is the news that is being covered by just about every single newspaper in the morning um the telegraph the sun the times the mirror they all saying that at hope uh, doctors hope that it, uh, it will encourage those with signs of the disease to seek treatment that's one thing that one everyone is applauding the king about that he has not kept this a private yeah. uh, diagnosis this is something that he has spoken about openly um especially for men mm. who tend to uh, keep these things private and don't like talking about it but this has raised uh, awareness so there I mean, it's there about is a silver lining well there's a silver lining in yeah. all the bad uh, that you know in the, in the bad news that uh, the awareness has been uh, has been brought to light that it is something that uh, one should seek treatment for mm-hmm. literally uh, but you know uh, there could be any um, there are other angles to see this point as well for example you said that uh, we need more awareness uh, regarding this issue but there there is other thing which comes into into play that for example it's someone's nature as well for example there's woman's nature there's men's nature as well you know they don't like to share anything no matter how how much awareness they have yeah mm-hmm. so for example um, just take your example or if i take my own example in different um, uh, circles of my life yeah i don't like to share many things yeah mm. 
it could be uh, just simple things not like this uh, cancer thing or like <laughs> some other thing yeah but i think i believe that uh, it's kind of uh, men's nature that they tend to kind of hide um certain facts from from outside world or from their family because they they think that if they tell them um they going to kind of showing their them their weaknesses so um, i believe that um you could agree you uh, with your point anyone could agree with your point or uh, they could argue agree with my point as well mm. and what is your point <laughs> so my point is that it's not really uh, about awareness but yeah i, I mean mm-hmm. they already know that mm-hmm. they already know that they are aware of the fact that um, it's it's a very um you know lethal thing uh, the cancer but they literally no no one uh, don't want to share their feelings their um you know um their, their, their secrets yeah they I I I see the angle you're coming from however I mean it's their nature it, how it, can you change um you can I mean I I think these kind of things one of the reasons why the king has spoken about it is to exactly do that mm-hmm. whereas that when people I understand where you're coming from people do not want to be publicizing their own pain and their suffering and uh, and I mean, what they're going people. through it's not about people it's men's nature I think you think yeah no, I I think these things change I think these things are fluid I think they change with time. I mean in the olden days I mean I I'm mm. you know if if I was to look at um my my parents my parents are in the late 80s coming on to 90 and and I can see the way they dealt with things are changing they changed with my generation then I look at my children the way mm-hmm. they deal with things things are changing things progress um and progression isn't just in uh, uh in, in new technology and in in the new way of doing things but it's also about the evolution of the mind the way you deal with things it is important that one of the reasons why i think it's important that the king has spoken about this is because maybe this will give confidence to even one person to say well look i have been i have had the similar diagnosis and i haven't told even my family members mm-hmm. so maybe it will get them to open no i agree with your point as well no mm. that even if you know it changes one person yeah uh, i think you you have achieved something exactly yeah. exactly that's my point that's my point yeah. but uh, but you know the the, the papers today have been uh, covering um, just about uh, all of them have been covering <coughs> the 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 news uh, that announced by the king and uh, and how this will affect uh, of course immediate family members um prince william prince uh, apparently uh, you know there there's there's a there's a plethora of of uh, um of things that are happening in and around um the activities of of uh, what the king does and who's going to be covering um his responsibilities but it's you know it's the the, the newspapers have spoken um, as i said about the, the the illness that the king has suffered but there are people around the world who are dying um and there isn't much news mm-hmm. the mainstream media is picking up on especially when it comes to uh, the occupation the illegal yeah. occupation of, of palestine Russia, yeah. and uh, of how uh, the genocide and uh, the ethnic cleansing and the apartheid suffered by be, be you know being suffered by the palestinians is just not news enough to be put on on front pages as all the small paragraphs here paragraphs there maybe 
you know, some some newspapers will put it here and there, but you know, this 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 uh, I don't call it a conflict. It's not a conflict. It's not a war. What do you call that? A war is between two equal. Yeah, equal sides. Yeah, there is no equality here. Hmm. Um, you know. Then how? How in, in addition put... in addition to Gaza, hmm. uh, they're bombing Yemen. Yeah, the most powerful nations in the world you are getting can. together and bombing the most one of the most poorest countries in the world. Hmm. And the uh, the response from the Yemenis is resilience, is bravery, is saying, "Look, we're used to war." We're used to being trampled on people. You have been tramp. You've been trying to trample on us with the assistance of Saudi Arabia for decades. Mm. We can handle it. The question is, can you? This goes back to the to the sermon that was given by uh, um, the pastor in Bethlehem mm-hmm. on Christmas Day when he says the Palestinians will recover. He actually said it. He says Palestinians will recover. You won't recover. And he's talking to the you that oppresses. Yeah. He he he's openly talking about the lies that are being told and the world is just standing watching on a daily basis hundred plus women children innocent women children elderly are being murdered they're being massacred mm. yet there is silence yet there is no condemnation yet they are still going on doing the same thing again and again in fact they don't even the, the the thing is they don't even realize how ridiculous they are looking they're looking ridiculous now they're even sounding more ridiculous when they go on about their own rhetoric mm-hmm. you know i was watching this this uh, this this clip on social media somebody has sent me about how yemen is being bombed because the houthis have got together in a dinghy and taken on in a dinghy and have taken on the mighty ships not all the ships, just selective ships which are sending things to the U.S. and to the U.K. and to to Israel, the you know the illegal occupiers of Palestine, which have got any link to Israel. Basically. Exactly, yeah. they're only targeting them. They're not targeting yeah. everyone. So yeah, yeah. yet, when the papers want to talk about it, or when even when the politicians talk about it, or the mouthpieces of Zionism is you know is some people call them, um, and of course some you know a lot of people will agree or some people will disagree that. Your your supplies to your country are being delayed, so that will have an economic effect on your country, and that is worth taking your modern artillery out and going and bombing people. But the seeing and watching the killing of thirty thousand plus innocent, you know, men, women, and children, out of which more than sixty percent are women and children, yep. is not enough to even utter the words that you condemn mm. this barbaric action being taken against the poor Palestinians. But this is a conversation we can go on and on and on yeah, about, and we, can, and we can talk about it forever. But, uh, you know, it, it will happen. Palestine will be free. Um, and we should never stop talking about Palestine because to watch a genocide and ethnic cleansing happening live in our faces. And I was doing a show with somebody, uh, Usman Manan, mm-hmm. and I asked him about um, his New Year's resolution. And he was saying that he did a show with you, and your resolution was that I won't stop talking about Palestine the whole year. I don't think anybody should to stop talking yeah. about Palestine because, you know, in the olden days, genocide and ethnic cleansing and, and injustice and inhumanity, 
used to get written about after the event because there was never any provision and facilities. Yeah. And it was and history was always written by the supposed victor, the oppressor. Mm. They gave their own twist and angle to history, which is why history is so um is is gr- is is is, is, is totally wrong in 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 a lot of places and all the all the wrongdoings has been covered up. Yeah. But not today. It is happening in front of us. We are writing history. We are watching it. So why should we? We should talk about it all the time. We need, we, and we need to do it within the parameters that are allowed to us, in accordance with law and in accordance with our Islamic, uh, our, our Islamic teachings. Yeah. And you know, it's <clears throat> it is to raise our voice. It is to raise our voice with our with, within within our own circles, within our communities. It is about making aware our children, our elders, our community members, our neighbors is to raise awareness, raise awareness. Uh, you know, Voices for Peace is an initiative that was set up by the Amdi Muslim community where people from all walks of life were introduced and brought together to talk about how peace can be brought, how ceasefire is a necessity. It's, it's, it's the most human thing to do is to and and we should again keep talking about it right to our councillors right to our members of parliament and this is the year that is, this is 2024 mm-hmm. this is the year of the election yeah this is the year of the election and we need to write to our mps that we will not forget i certainly won't this is not uh, an occurring one would have hoped or wished or prayed for to see in their lifetime mm-hmm. You know, this the such oppression, such murder, such torture, such indiscriminate killing of innocent women and children. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Is 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 the only word that I can possibly use on on live radio. I mean, right without, now we without, don't have any you know, words to describe the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. And you have said that this is the year of election, and uh, you know it comes in the Holy Quran. So, as, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It comes in the Holy Quran that you should choose those people who are eligible for yes. that. Perfect. And um, you know, and people should you know vote certain that such persons. Yeah. Mm. So it also you know it is our responsibility as as well as as being the civilians, yeah, that we vote the eligible persons not the one who you you know well i'm i'm glad you said that you know eligibility is not based on religion mm-hmm. Re- eligibility isn't based on uh, on what color skin you are which country you come yep. from you know islam uh, is uh, is color blind in that respect um that uh, it doesn't judge people in accordance with your color creed mm-hmm. um or your religion and and a lot of people talk about the muslim vote and and i sometimes get really frustrated that this isn't about religion this is about humanity. This is about justice. Mm. Yes, you know, both uh, both the, the, the two mainstream parties have lost the Muslim vote without a shadow of a doubt. But I don't want to miss out people who believe in justice, who believe in humanity, who have been raising their voices, be it journalists, they are some politicians. There are ordinary folk out there who have been going out on a week-on-week basis to fight for the rights of the Palestinians who are not Muslims. So it isn't just the Muslim vote. This is, you know, that's the game that the politicians play. They look to divide and rule. I mean, just look at, you know, the whole scenario of uh, Israel and Palestine war, that the, any country who went against Israel in court is South Africa. Mm. That's it. 
and South Africa is not uh, any you know Muslim country. No, but then also the, the the this narrative of anybody who speaks against Israel would be deemed as anti-Semitic. Well, then His Holiness the Pope, um, you know, the newspapers, the politicians who are speaking up against the Zionist hmm. um, uh, entity that is existing and that is doing all of this. Um, Anti-Zionism, in fact, only yesterday or the day before I was reading, a, a professor has, was uh, was fired from his job for um, airing his anti-Zionist uh, his his anti-Zionist um, opinion, and he was fired, mm. and he took the the university to court, and he won. So it's protected. Anybody who speaks against Zionism is protected by the words that they are, they, that they can speak against it because of. The, the the harsh reality of the definition of Zionism um, is uh, is uh, you know is something that people must read to get a proper picture of what is happening out there. Yeah. You know, they, they they everybody screams and shouts about the call for liberation of the Palestinians that the, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's just a call for liberation. Mm-hmm. It isn't a call for genocide. But Zionistic, the Zionists have a call as well, which people just don't know about. That from the river, t- from the from the um, from the sea to the Jordan, Israel will be sovereign. Mm. And that is based on genocide because they're committing it. They're not talking about it. They have, they, they've written it and they're doing it and we're seeing it happen. And again, it's, it's something that we should never, ever, ever stop talking about. Yes. Um, and we should follow the guidance that has been given to us every Friday on in this respect, but by His Holiness, the fifth Caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, May Allah strengthen his hand, how he has openly talked about the, the atrocities that are being committed by the illegal occupiers of Palestine. And, and one hopes and prays that God have mercy on the Palestinians and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the ceasefire um, it, you know, happens um, sooner rather than later. And, and may God Almighty you know, show guidance. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, uh, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, that you know, people always say, pray for the others. Mm. Sometimes it, people do things where you just don't want to because you see such oppression, such cruelty that even after trying to pray for someone, the words just don't come out. I mean, still we have to do it because it's the least weapon. Yeah, it is. It is the biggest weapon as well. Yeah, we have to, you know, stick with this weapon. There's, there's no other choice. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think yeah. you're right. That you know, we need to, we have guidance, uh, and we know this guidance works. Yeah. It's not uh, you know uh, blind faith. It is something that works. All of us who who have lived it, who do it, we have examples have, of this. We've got examples of this. So yes, you you're hundred percent correct. Um, moving on, uh, you know, before turning the show into a, a show about Palestine, um, <clears throat> El Salvador uh, is something that, that they went through an election. Eighty-seven percent. Um, Naib Bukele got mm. 87% of the vote of the people. <laughs> he has turned El Salvador into one of the most safest countries uh, in the Western Hemisphere, from a country that was a no-go area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's amazing that he himself, when he said he goes, he was given ideas about the from United States, United Kingdom. All the Western democracies gave him a lot of ideas mm. of how he should uh, get peace and how he should bring the country back. And he says none of those ideas worked. 
because because their idea of democracy and their idea of governance was uh, um, was 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 missing justice and humanity. Yeah. I mean, and and he goes, he's practiced justice, humanity, and he's talked of the people, mm. um, and he is he has uh, dealt with uh, crime head on. And now he's won eighty-seven percent. I have never heard anyone getting eighty-seven percent in a in a in a in an election. Might be back in the days somewhere, like hundred years ago. <laughs> yes, most probably, most probably. Well, you're listening to Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum, and uh, brother Daniel. Um, I'll be honest with you, there there isn't much happening in in and around the world that is being reported that is of relevance, mm. uh, because um, the 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 main story is in the Middle East. Um, and uh, that is something that I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate is something we should never stop talking about. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go on to our topics, um, the two topics of the day. The first one is um, going to take us back to Palestine, Palestine, but it's going to talk. It's going to take us back to the pain, the suffering uh, of children, um, of amputees, where children are being uh, they're being they're being. I don't even know the word that that you know had that happened in this country this country would be up in arms yet we are supplying arms to a country who's doing this we're going to be talking about children who are going through amputations without anesthesia um if you want to contribute uh, give us a call on 02086877878 you can join us on our join us um on our social medias at voice of islam uk you're listening to myself Kayum and brother Nanya we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to go on to our first topic of the morning. So do stay tuned, grab yourself a cup of coffee, um, you know, even grab a toast. Um, avocado? Avocado? You like avocado? Avocado? Uh, Some eggs? Post eggs? Expensive. Bit of chili flakes? I haven't said that for a while. <laughs> Ooh, I'm hungry now. So do stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Sometimes it is seen that a prayer is carried on until it is about to be accepted, and then the supplicant gets tired, and the result is failure and frustration. Frustration results in the denial and effectiveness of prayer, and gradually culminates in the denial of God. It is said, if there is a God who accepts prayer, why have not those prayers been accepted which were offered over a long period? If those who think thus and stumble were to reflect upon their lack of perseverance, they would come to know that all their frustration is the result of their own haste and impatience which generated an ill concept of the powers of God and resulted in despair. So one should never get tired. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. 
Welcome back to Tuesday Morning Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum, and brother Daniel. The topic of the morning, increasing child amputations in Gaza. What's the gist of this story? What What is it that we're going to be talking about for the next 40, 50 minutes, brother Daniel? Um, so since 7th October 2023, more than 10 children in Gaza have lost one or both legs every day with amputations carried out without anesthesia. Save the Children and UNICEF highlighted the suffering of children and called it a serious violation of children's rights. Um, around 1,000 children lost their legs after Hamas attacks on Israel. Many operations are performed without anesthesia due to shortage of medical supplies in Gaza. And obviously, children are more vulnerable to blast injuries and are almost seven times more likely to die than adults. The IDF said it did not <clears throat> it did not target civilians, while over 22,000 Palestinians um, were killed and 58,000 have been injured. Nearly 90% of Gaza's population um, has been displaced by the war, while the UN Children's Agency warns of three threats, conflict, malnutrition and disease. So <clears throat> this is the gist of the story. Um, and uh, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned <clears throat> that uh, anesthesia is not being used. So if, you know, to the listeners out there, mm. grab a little needle and just prick the end of your finger. And how many of you will scream? How many of you have a have a fear of many of needles? Just a needle, just a needle. Or how many times have you screamed in pain when you get a paper cut from the edge of a paper? You cut your finger, and then you know you see this line, and some blood appears, and no, you, you scream in agony. You have very deep observation here. So now, look at the pain you suffer just from a paper cut yeah. or, 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 or a prick of a needle. And now let's put this into context that a child is having their limbs cut, amputated, without anesthesia. anesthesia. Take, that, take that moment in. I would, I, would, I would challenge you. Go and prick a needle. Go, go and grab a needle and prick your finger with it. You know, I have an example myself that um, when I was like 10, um, I got my wrist fractured, yeah? Mm. And they have to do that whole process uh, without anesthesia. So I can, you know, feel the, you know, um, that moment, um, what is happening with those, those children. But obviously, um, um, your limb has been gone, yeah? It's obviously a very uh, painful, more painful than what I have, uh, you know, felt back in the days. So, um, you know, it's really painful and uh, that uh, children are going through such desperate and dire situation. And, um, you know, um, obviously, um, as being a Muslim, as has been, you know, we have said before that uh, we should pray for them. No, no, Prayer I, is, listen, is the first and most... I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That, that sitting one here, what we can do? 
the prayers come naturally for the ones who are being oppressed. Yeah. It it's natural. Mm. In fact, I would go beyond that. But I I'm 54 years old and I have learned from the Palestinians but you know when I look at them mm-hmm. and I think look at that belief in God they have. They don't they don't ask for help. Mm. Because they only ask for help from God when they lose they thank God. When they don't get food they thank God. In every aspect of the suffering that they have they have been suffering since 7th of October every single thing that I would say I have even seen, before that even with children even with this topic mm. I have seen on social media where young kids who are going through uh, amputation are using praise to the holy prophet may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him as an anesthesia is called durood they are reciting durood to while they are being amputated because that to them is anesthesia they're calling out to god to and and they're praising the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him because the, seeking the pleasure of god is praising the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him that is the best way of seeking god's pleasure and if a, if a 13 14 year old child is praising that the holy prophet and 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 praying for peace and harmony on 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 the prophet and his progeny mm-hmm. and he's praising that he's he's praising the holy prophet then that is the only anesthesia they have left with them and they are that they are practicing it you know in the in 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 the modern western world we live we get so used to uh convenience we get so used to uh, the culture the society we live in makes us weak i say this because i from i'm of an age where i'm born and bred londoner you grow up through certain times you go through things and then when you go to other countries sometimes when you go back to maybe third world countries or less um developed countries have you been to uh, africa or yeah yeah um in fact i'm going next week so <laughs> been there and this is what my point is that we look at how we live but forget about living how we feel at the moment this is all about feelings yep. this is all about um um as a human being how you how you uh how you take pain Now you know if you've got a 10 if you've got a young teenager at home if you've got a young teenager at home imagine that young teenager in the country in the world we're living in who loses their mother their father and that child sees them uh, losing their life then they get you know um bombed or shot at or uh, or or they're a victim who fall under the building and and they lose a limb they lose a leg or a uh, or a arm or a hand and they're still carrying on throughout this they're still praising god almighty they're still saying that thank you god for for giving us the chance that you did give us mm. that you made us survive thank you or when they lose their loved ones they they are thanking god saying thank you god for giving them the life that they did have that the joy they had brought into their lives and why this is relevant to the amputation um uh, 
the 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 amputation of of limbs uh, for youngsters is because that is the only anesthesia that has been that's remaining because the illegal occupation of palestine also means that the illegal occupiers are blocking the aid coming in they are using any excuse possible to allow for assistance they have bombed all the hospitals they have killed all the doctors you know on one side is indiscriminate on the other side is targeted killing you know of course people will have a different perspective on this there's always two sides to it i understand that there's no there's no denying that but you cannot deny the facts when they happen again in front of you they're happening live a genocide being uh, you know is 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 streamed live in front of your eyes mm. when you get rid of the when you when you murder the doctors when you murder the nurses when you stop the aid coming in mm. and you're trying to break the spirit of these people of these youngsters because that's all that's remaining kids they they you know even though they've killed more than nearly 17000 kids innocent children innocence has been taken away from and the future from the Palestinians on, yeah. they think that's what they think yeah they can keep on thinking they're taking the future right but they again they're not god certainly yeah, they're point, just yeah. they're just a, an existence on this on this earth mm-hmm. who think they are pharaoh did the same Pharaoh did the same and and he was used as a sign of God's wrath for future generations and look how he was found people should never forget God is merciful without a shadow of a doubt he is beneficent he is merciful but do not play god yeah. and this is what's happening here this is what's happening here the fear of god isn't that he's going to punish the fear of god is that he's going to stop loving you he's going to stop having mercy on you and when he stops having mercy and when he stops loving you because you think you're god i wouldn't want to be in your shoes yeah. i mean i was you know um sadly watching a video which went to very viral even you would know that um like a few weeks ago like or a few days ago there there was a video which went viral about a lady who was holding a flag white flag and mm-hmm. she got shot yep. yeah and um the same case happened like yesterday again that's right uh, the two, two brothers boys, yeah. two brothers two brothers yeah live it's it's been videoed they yep. they've played it i've watched it mm. and 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 for the life of me i don't understand how these kids are being murdered um and no one is saying anything no one is saying a word but you know going back to the topic i mean i i i it's so difficult not to talk about this topic because it's happening in front of us mm. and again it's it's even the topics that we talk about are so directly related to i mean we're talking about kids we're talking about children who are being going through you know amputation mm. without anesthesia and i'll go back to what i started with go and grab go and grab a needle prick your finger see what happens see what what the what your your heart rate will increase and you know your your mind will send you a message saying oh how painful is that and that's just a needle you've pricked with and imagine if that same finger was cut off in front of you without any anesthesia you're seeing it happen and you're feeling it happen 
that is torture. Yeah. You're leading people to that, where even treatment, medical treatment, is 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 uh, becoming unbearable. But they don't have any other options. So, according to UNICEF, more than one thousand, and this is you know this is. Uh, uh, these stats are a few weeks and a month old, that more than a 1,000 children have had one or both legs amputated in Gaza since October 7th, when the you know the calm shattered in, Israel, in, in, in occupied Palestine. 7th of October, people talk about it, when the calm shattered in Palestine, in occupied Palestine. Before then, everybody thinks it was calm. Yeah. Every, before then, they think nothing was happening. They don't realize since 1948 this has been happening. You know, they talk about condemning Hamas. Well, what about the people who are in West Bank? 1,400 people have been killed. 1,400 have been killed in the West Bank. There is no Hamas in West Bank. There was no Hamas between 1948 and 1987 because Hamas came into being in 1987. Mm. So what about all the thousands and thousands of, of uh, people that have been killed um, in, 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 in Gaza in, and, in, and, and in Palestine during that time? This date that they go on about the seventh of October, it's you know, it's they talk. It's the nine eleven. They call it the nine eleven of of the illegal occupiers, mm. but they don't seem to realize there's a nine eleven every day in Gaza for the past two decades. Every day, they talk about a one incident. They talk about one day, yet in Gaza is happening every day, with kids. Where they're losing their they're losing lives, or if they or they're losing their arms or their legs, um, or they're losing their sight. They're just losing. Yet they're losing. Yet they're winning. Mm. That's the way I always put it. That you can carry on and on and on, but it's the resilience and the perseverance of these children that will that will lead to the victory. The moral and the strategic victory is already of the Palestinian people. They have already won it because of these kids. Because of these kids, it's the the behavior of these kids that has led to so many people picking up the Holy Quran. Yep. So many Muslims have picked up the Holy Quran because they see the suffering that these kids are going through, and they are reciting verses from the Holy Quran, and they're saying, "What is it in this book that these kids keep reciting?" And that is the anesthesia that they have. And that is so important to, to highlight here that when you think there is no other way, when you think there is no worldly way possible, these kids have proved that the praise of the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has been a successful anesthesia for them because they did go through the amputation and they did survive it. It is the, it's the height of pain that one can think of. Again, I'll say it again and again and again. Go and prick your finger with a pin, with, with just a needle and see how it makes you feel. Let alone have a, have a limb amputated mm. without anesthesia. And these kids have found a solution. And that solution is the belief in God Almighty. Certainly, I... I totally agree with you and that every Muslim should have that pain uh, for their fellow uh, Muslims you know that uh, if you if you go to Holy Quran that uh, Holy Quran if you look at the teachings of the Holy Quran it says that whoever takes a life it will be as if they killed 
uh, all of humanity and whoever saves one life one soul it is a it is as like if he had uh, saved all of the humanity and the same teaching you know we can find in jewish teachings as well yeah and uh, but this is a mistake people are making yeah they're thinking this is a muslim and a jews war it's not Judaism is a 4,000-year-old Abrahamic religion which is based on peace as well. Yeah. Zionism is not Judaism. Zionism is a political ideology which the, was started by a self-proclaimed atheist in 1897. Yeah. Judaism is 4,000 years old. And people need to educate themselves. The ignorance is this is not this is the time of education. This is the time of knowledge, not ignorance. How can you equate a a a political ideology with an abrahamic old religious ideology yeah. religious ideology you can't so i'm i'm really glad that you mentioned that this isn't just the teachings of muslims this teaching of peace is in 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 judaism and in christianity and in hinduism and in sikhism yeah. in all the all the religions of the world the question of of love peace humanity it's 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 is there but you need to tap into it to know that is there yep. i mean it's all if you look at the whole scenario it kind of seems like to me that um it's not about peace to uh, the worldly leaders it's about their own political gains yeah mm -hmm. so that's why we we are seeing that the the whole scenario we don't see any end to it right now because you know Yeah, the the they are getting benefit from this war. Even the U USA, yeah. Mm. For example, they are selling uh, weapons to Israel. And for example, if the war has been ended, there won't be any you know benefit to those companies who are selling uh, weapons. So that's why you know they are you know um, yeah, making this war um, getting uh, prolonged. I mean, let's let's go back and look at some statistics. Children are seven times more likely to die from blast injuries than adults. They tend to experience different types of injuries than adults and require specialist care that accounts for their like, physiology and growth. Children from war related with war related amputations will need to be will need up to a dozen surgeries on the limbs by the time they reach adulthood because the bone keeps growing. This is according to experts. Research on the best ways to treat surgeries on the limb by the time they reach adult adulthood because sorry, research on the best ways to treat child specific blast um injuries lags far behind uh, research for adult um injuries. Save the Children launched a study in 2019 in the Center for Pediatric Blast Injury Studies with Imperial to better understand the clinical needs of amputee children. Save the Children's Country Director for the Occupied Palestinian Territory, Jason Lee, has said small children caught up in explosions are particularly vulnerable to major life-changing injuries. They have weaker necks and torsos, so less force is needed to cause a brain injury. Their skulls are still not fully formed and their underdeveloped muscles offer less protection. So a blast is more likely to tear apart organs in the, uh, in the abdomen even when there's no visible damage you know now vis now visualize that mm. visualize that you know where where we and i say we because this is my country i'm born and bred here 
And loyalty to my nation isn't that I'm going to fight for it. Loyalty to the nation is to highlight the fact that when my nation is wrong and is harming itself is to protect and fight against that harm. That is also loyalty to my nation. And we supply weapons to this, these illegal occupiers who use these weapons on these poor children. We are as complicit as a nation. Not just them. This is so important to highlight. I mean, there's a very beautiful saying of the Holy Prophet, uh, may peace and blessing Allah be upon him, that like for your brother, what you like for yourself. If you don't like this for your own self, mm. you know, why are you uh, liking something else for, for your brother? So they are brother in humanity, at least think like this. Yeah. And uh, for example, um, there's a very uh, psychiatric evaluation released in 2019, which claimed that Palestinians do not develop PTSD yeah, because there's no end to war and there can be no post-traumatic stress if the trauma is constantly going. It's become their way of life. Yep. That's all they know. That's all they know. But you know, in the Holy Quran, chapter, uh, um, chapter 94, verse 5, it says, For indeed with hardship there will be ease. And this is my point I was making earlier that that the oppressors can keep on thinking that they're winning the eaves will come God is is there God is watching and they and they're calling out to God mm. and ease will happen because the prayers of everyone that I can possibly think of irrespective of what faith you come from people are praying people are fighting people are raising their voices and as His Holiness the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah His Holiness Mr. Masura may Allah strengthen his hand has told us we need to dedicate at least one prostration in our prayers for the for the, for the Palestinians mm-hmm. we bow down to God Almighty that is so that's heavy if you think about it I've never heard that before when His Holiness said it I thought wow wow you're listening to The Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum and Brother Daniel. It's been a heavy conversation for a breakfast show. Very deep. And it's all my fault. I know. I get emotional no. on this. I get really emotional on this. We're going to take a quick break and go to the um, 8 o'clock news. We're going to carry on this uh, conversation for a little while longer um, and go on to our next topic um, after the... Um, what's, what is our next topic? The next topic is we're going to be talking about nicotine, social media, teen health and parents' role. If, so do stay tuned and join us after these brief messages and the news. The giver of death. The one who brings death to all creatures. How can you disbelieve in Allah? When you were without life, he gave you life. And then he will cause you to die then restore you to life and then to him shall you be made to return in the name of Allah most gracious ever merciful welcome back to Tuesday morning breakfast show with myself Kayum and brother Daniel and just before the break we were talking about how the the, the young brave children the soldiers um, and 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 I mean soldiers in in you know in the term and I know a lot of people, you know, when they want to twist something, they might take it with some, yeah. Well, they will deliberately take it. They, they know when we're talking about the young, brave 
um, um, you know, soldiers, when I'm talking about soldiers, I'm talking about brave young people, yeah. that they are going through this pain and going through amputations without anesthesia. And, and I have been impressed. You know, you learn from everyone, from people from all walks of life, and I have learned. When it shakes your soul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's perfectly put. It does shake your soul, and, and this has, you know, this obliterated my soul here. It's like earthquakes when you look at this happening mm. in our lifetimes. But what I've learned from these kids is resilience. They are a living example of perseverance. They are a living example of um, belief in God Almighty. They are a perfect example of how to find that ray of hope in the most darkest of places. I don't think we would I don't think I would challenge anyone living in sitting in their comfort zones at the moment in the Western world to call me up and say to me, Oh, I'd survive that because I don't think I don't think I would I don't know anybody in the Western hemisphere who would survive what they are living, what the Ghazals are going through at the moment. I don't think anybody would survive it. Mm. And they are teachers now from the way they're living. And you know in in uh, in the holy quran it says give glad tidings to the patiently persevering who when a calamity befalls them say surely to god we belong and to him shall we return it is they on who descend the blessings and mercy from their lord god and it is they who are rightly guided chapter 2 verse 154 to 157 you know earlier i quoted uh, um a, 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 the, the, um, uh, from the holy quran i think i i, I it's, it's a mistake i made i did the the chapter and verse the other way around uh, yeah. Um, so forgive my uh, mistake there, but if if one looks at this 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 verse uh, chap from the chapter two uh, from chapter two verse one five four one five seven, you know it is, uh, you know God Almighty clearly saying that the, the glad tidings to who patiently preserve who have been the Palestinians have done nothing but patiently you know have been have been been patient they have shown perseverance for decades it's coming on seventy years. Of occupation and and they have suffered day after day I mean in fact in 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 Gaza for the past two decades kids have been born in this in this concentration camp in Gaza they don't know anything but death mm. and, and war you know so up to the age of 20 any 20 year old out there who's living in Gaza doesn't know anything else but you know but 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 carnage and 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 oppression by the illegal occupiers the zionists the idf the the you know the uh, you know it, it's 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 a torturous regime you know give glad tidings to the patiently persevering who when a calamity befalls them what's happening to them is a calamity Surely to God we belong, and to Him shall we return. In Allahi wa is this is what is being recited. And you are being taught by when you are a little uh, child. Yeah. Yeah. And it is they on who descend the blessings and mercy that of, of God Almighty. You know, one one prays that uh, we can get to see this mercy straight away now. May God have mercy on the children of Palestine. Yeah. Um, you know, in the Holy Quran as well, it says that 
come together uh, to a common ground, which is you know, which is common between me and you and somebody else. Because the, the finally, the ultimate goal is to achieve peace. Yeah, and uh, in in the in the light of this, uh, I have mentioned before that uh, in the Holy Quran it says that if you have saved one soul, it is like you have saved humanity. And the same teaching we can find in the Jewish teaching as well, yeah. So there, there are many teachings which we find, uh, which which are common between us Jew, Jews and Christians. So if we look at those teachings, or we can you know certainly come together at one table, discussions can happen, and you know we can find a way to achieve something you know which is you know productive and beneficial for the whole society. Yep. Mm. So right now, if we look at the whole scenario, we are not achieving anything. If you ask, just ask them. Yeah, what have you achieved apart from the that carnage or that uh, uh, devastation? You know, for example, my question is to them that, for example, if your fight is against Hamas, so why are you killing those innocent children, uh, women? And why are you destroying the buildings, you know, the hospitals, the schools? Yeah, there was only one cancer hospital in in the whole Hamas, uh, in the whole uh, Gaza, and that has been destroyed. Yeah, it's so painful and sad that you know this um, no no authority, um, no other, you know, uh, like for example, USA. You know, we think that he is the example of, uh, you know, laying down the uh, the foundations of peace. But we can't say any, we can't see anything from from him. Even uh, the USA is, you know, uh, kind of helping Israel in destroying Gaza. And for example, if we again look at the Islamic teaching as well, even in the time of war. What has been taught to us by the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessing will love you upon him. That uh, Islam says that do not kill women, children, or anyone uh, that has not been engaged in the fighting. So, you know, we just you know gave example before the break that there were there was a lady you know was um, holding a white flag, and there was you know just just yesterday two boys, two brothers holding a white flag. And they 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 were being shot dead. Now, was there the how the height of cowardry, the how height of cowardice hmm. to shoot people who are surrendering? You know, I don't know if you know this, but it, it surprises me that a lot of a younger generation, historically, I can understand why they don't know it. The United States is the only country who's actually used an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Did you know that they dropped this bomb after Japan surrendered? No, I do not know. See, a lot of people don't know that Japan had actually surrendered, but they still threw the atomic bomb. If you read up in history, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that there, there will be other historians who will who will not. Uh, agree to there this. are some historians who probably won't agree to it, but as as a norm. Uh, Japan had actually surrendered. I mean, this is barbaric, you know. And this is the, the, this is who we uh, are allowing to be the policemen of the world. When it suited their narrative, they killed people 
what you know if you if you listen to um, the, the the addresses and the sermons of the Holiness as Mirza Musaramid may Allah strengthen his hand the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah hmm. that he talks of the devastation that will be caused if there was a World War Three because World War Two the devastation that is still being felt today in Hiroshima Nagasaki was caused after the Japanese had surrendered. Mm-hmm. Now put that in your mind and let that thought ponder all day long, thinking, wow. And that is what's happening today and we're seeing it happen. They are killing their own who have raised the white flag. They are killing women raising the white flag. They are killing children who are raising the white flag. And you know, we need to finish um, with this with this segment. So I want to finish with, uh, you know, this this uh, verse from the Holy Quran and where it says, and whosoever does, uh, it says, and seek not to make mischief in this earth. Verily, Allah, Allah loves not those who make mischief could directly be interpreted to this mischievous acts which the illegal occupiers um, of Palestine are committing against the innocent Palestinians and how they continue to do this their acts will be condemned as Allah love loves not those who make mischief they are causing mischief they are breaking international law from in in all kinds of shape, ways and forms and whosoever does that by way of transgression and injustice we shall cast him into fire and that is easy with Allah that's uh, chapter 4 verse 31 I just want to mention one point as well in the last uh, that it's not something that they are, these are the main teachings of Islam rather we have the living examples of these teachings as being a role model by by either by you say that um, the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and his companions and today uh, the Prophet Messiah Islam uh, on whom be peace and his um, community uh, just look at the example of the battle of Badr that uh, when it was fought um, how the captives of um, war has been treated you know uh, the companions of the Holy Prophet uh, you know gave them better food and better clothes than themselves that's the living example of these teachings you know they don't want any mischievous and they you know the whole purpose of even fighting that war is just to defend themselves and uh, at the end you know even even though they are enemies they are not, they, they are providing them better food and better clothes you know we we are coming we've gone over on this topic mm. um but but one again finishes with uh, one hopes and prays that may Allah have mercy um um on 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 the Palestinians, may God Almighty reward the perseverance and the patience of the Palestinians. I mean, and our with, thoughts with, are prayers with, with with victory. Yeah, because strategically, morally, ethically, from a values point of view, the Palestinians have won it already. Mm-hmm. But of course, they need to win, um, and let's never stop talking about Palestine. You're listening to myself, Kayum. And Brother Daniel, when we come back, we're going to go on to our next topic of the morning, which is about smoking. Um, We're going to be talking behind the screens, nicotine, social media, teen health 
and parental responsibility and the parental role. So do stay tuned. Grab yourself another cup of coffee. Or, okay, go on. I'll tell you what. Grab, have a water. A glass of water. <gasps> oh, my God. A glass of water. <laughs> do stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. Welcome back to Tuesday Morning Breakfast Show. On to our next next topic of the morning. Many adults don't know about Zinn nicotine pouches. Even though the product is a key part of billion-dollar tobacco company, these nicotine pouches, known as Zins, are filled with nicotine and placed under the lip without the need to spit, making them less visible than vaping. Zins at 3 and 6 milligram strengths is considered by some new users to be a high dose that can cause vomiting or fainting. Although marketed as a smoke-free and healthy alternative to cigarettes, Zins remains addictive. Children, especially through platforms like TikTok, are learning about these products and their use is increasing in their communities, leading to concerns regarding health impacts such as gum injury and addiction. This is due to the immense power that influences teenagers in the world of internet, which operates without hindrance. Parents need to be aware that children who go online are entering the realm of influencers where many of them promote dangerous products in the hope of making money. This world is invisible. This world is in- invisible to parents, and algorithms and ads targeting lead to different content between parents and teens. Uh, smartphone use bring uh, children into a potentially dangerous world with the risk of bullying and negative influences online. I don't think there is too much of a need to to straight away go into a discussion uh, between me and brother Daniel on the the effects um, of of smoking I think uh, th- there's been ample um, information that uh, we already know of but we will go into it at later stage but let's go and talk to our first expert uh, on on uh, uh, on the show and talk to someone who knows what uh, they are talking about let's go and talk to uh, Shamsia Begum, she is a specialist uh, stop uh, smoking service manager. She has worked at Queen Mary over the last 22 years working with smokeless tobacco research and stop smoking service delivery as a research assistant, tobacco cessation practitioner and now service manager. She has managed the delivery of niche smokeless tobacco smoking cessation services for the past 17 years within the Dental Institute. Some of this work involved research and publications around smokeless Tobacco uh, use among female South Asian smokeless tobacco users and Bangladeshi male smokers. From 2017, she has led the delivery of the Tower Hamlets Tobacco Cessation Service with Professor Peter Hayek and uh, um, Peter Hajek and uh, support the service side of health and lifestyle research unit. Good morning, welcome, Assalamu alaikum, and peace be on you, Shamsia. Walaikum salam. Um, thank you. That's, that's a lovely introduction. 
Well, that's um, that's you. We have we we've you can record that and and show it to, and then play it everywhere you go. <laughs> that's your verbal CV. <laughs> Thank you. That's so lovely, and I'm very humbled that that you you know to be invited to the show. You're doing such fantastic work. We couldn't help but invite you, Shamsia. So let's go. How can we increase teenagers' awareness? of the risks and consequences of nicotine considering the widespread use of vaping and you know i am i'm an old boy here compared to brother daniel um nicotine is a topic that has been spoken about forever yet yes. yet we seem to be going around in circles what's going on yes um so nicot- yeah, nicotine has been around for a very, very long time in the form of cigarettes and tobacco. Um, it was um, highly prized. You know, it's a commodity that's been um, around for 600 years, trading, you know, linked to slavery, linked to politics, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So now we have a big public health issue through nicotine addiction. Um, smoking um, is the you know leading cause of preventable disease nationally, locally, sort of globally, nationally and locally. So nicotine addiction is in the form of you know smoking cigarettes or chewing um, smokeless tobacco. Now, in terms of young people, we've now got another nicotine addiction, and that's through the use of um, vaping. And vaping is to us, as a stop smoking service, vaping um, is a, actually a smoking cessation aid. So right now in our service, we're promoting vapes as a innovative technology uh, to get people off smoking. Okay, mm. so that's for adults over 18 who come to our stop smoking service. We use vapes to help them give up smoking and we're... Um, we're using the government swap to stop scheme at the moment mm-hmm. where we provide the first line of support um, for smokers to use vapes. Then if they need patches and gums, and we, we can support them with that. Now, as a service, we also help um, young people over the age of 12 to give up smoking, traditionally give up smoking um, with the use of nicotine um Therapy, nicotine replacement therapy, patches and gums. So we, we, we did that. We don't see a lot of young people come to the service. However, we work with local organisations um, called Change, Grow, Live. Um, they deal with um, substance misuse and alcohol uh, misuse um, among adults. Plus with young people, they um, deal with drug abuse and also alcoholism. Um, so they work with um, teenagers that may be using vapes plus other substances within the vape. So we, I sort of was very new to this um, sort of over the last two years, we, the, the boroughs that we're working in, we noticed that young people are having access to colourful vapes called geek bars and elf bars. They're widely available in local grocery shops, um, they can get an adult member of the family to go and get get it for them and some of them are uh, manipulating the uh, devices and adding other substances now um so just from my anecdotal experience i have teenagers they're very aware about these things and they you know that they have observed that uh, a lot of their peers are using electronic cigarettes and it's part of um Shamsia, a question comes comes to mind. I remember when we were young, 
you know, we grew up on the Marlborough man. It was fashionable, yeah. you know, the yeah. man on the cowboy on the horse, cigarette yeah. hanging from his mouth, the Hollywood, Bollywood, you name the industry. It was all about smoking. You know, your your hero was smoking. The the sports was smoking, sponsored. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You name it. That, that, you know, the sponsors, the name of the cigarette, the shape of a cigarette was always forever present. I look at it in today's day and age, and I think the cigarette has just been replaced by an influencer and a vape. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. why isn't there similar kind of adverts? Why isn't there another cowboy coming and shooting Mr. Marlborough Man down and saying, look, you can't smoke? Why isn't there similar kind of adverts which are negating the message that's being put out that people should be smoking instead of um you know why aren't we using yeah, that, that, that that realm of of social media yeah so in in that in that realm it, social media is very hard to regulate because it's driven by individuals you know normal individuals not people that are you know, being paid to do this, which they they eventually are paid to do market this because of their following. It's the, something that's grown naturally and organically. It needs to be regulated. So these are some of the things that are in the pipeline around smoking and around vaping, that there will be reg regulations and um, age limitations on what can be viewed, what kind of adverts and things influencers can do um, on social media around vaping and um, around smoking so what we need to understand is that vaping in a way is taking young people away from smoking so traditionally young people started smoking very young um, and now we're seeing trends where the smoking prevalence in young people is declining and then we're seeing people who young people who are taking up vapes trying those out instead of you know they could be taking up smoking now, nicotine is addictive, and for young people and developing brains, it could have um, detrimental effects. Um, your brain is still developing, and you're then introducing a addictive substance into your brain that's blocking your dopamine. You know, that's giving you a heightened sense of well-being, and all of those things are associated with nicotine addiction. Um, so, when they stop, you know, smoking or vaping, or um, when they stop taking the nicotine, they have withdrawal symptoms. So mm -hmm. they then need to get more nicotine. What, so then the constant cycle of withdrawal. What, what are the withdrawal symptoms? So the withdrawal symptoms are so when your, you know, your blood pressure decreases and you, you, you know, you get irritable. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're craving the nicotine, you get irritable. Um, you, you know, you, you, if it's severe, you could be, you know, shaky. Some people get headaches. Um, so then you're looking for the next hit or you get anxiety, you know, because you're taking it because you're anxious. And then, you know, you go and you, you get those feelings again. Um, you may get low mood. So those are the things when you're in the, the nicotine cycle, these are perpetuated constantly when you when your nicotine level dips low. Um, so that's why in the service we offer nicotine alternatives. Uh, for people who smoke and pe for people who vape, we offer a step-down process. So we do get people who come to us and say, look, we want to stop vaping. And that's the kind of process we use for young people. Um, we do a cut-down process uh, where we reduce the level of nicotine that they're taking over a period of time to, um, and to the point where they're doing zero nicotine. 
um, or we may use patches alongside that or gums to just to you know get them through the cravings. And it takes this about sort of four weeks. So the first week is really awful when you're trying to give up, and then sort of by week four you're kind of generally over the worst of it. Comes a question comes to mind, um, uh, Shamsia, that there's all people always say once a smoker, always a smoker. Well, not necessarily. Not not necessarily. Because that it's, that craving, it, it's it's very difficult to be. It is, but then you get people who who give up cold turkey. People who get really bad news and they're just completely stopped and you know never looked back at smoking. Mm. For some people, it's a you know they make several attempts before they give up for good. So we understand that. We, mm. we know that there are certain types of personalities that will, you know, take many attempts to quit. And then you've got personalities that are like, oh, you know, right, I'm stopping because, you know, I'm sick. Uh, I've got a smoking-related, you know, disease. Um, or I need to go to hospital. I've got an operation pending and I need to give up. Um, I need to give up for family. So family and health is one of the top reasons why people come to the service to give up smoking. So I'm glad you mentioned the word family. How, yeah. you know, the, the point of of um, the conversation is also having parental involvement. How does the family assist in people achieving their goal of giving up smoking? So when you know that a loved one is trying to give up smoking, you need to, you know, understand that they may be doing it cold turkey or they may be using support with the stop smoking service. So they'll have medication. So it's important to ensure you understand the the program or the process that they're going through. And if you are reading up on it, if you have a guide, you know, an advice booklet around it, or you attend those meetings with the um, with the person who's trying to give up smoking and you go to the clinics with them, you'll understand the process and be able to understand that sometimes they might be irritable and not to react and support them. And particularly in the case of young people, uh, we've had parents drag their child in and saying, you know, he's smoking or, you know, he's using a vape. So we speak to them about the dangers of nicotine and make the family aware that it's not easy to quit and they need to, if they're facilitating, <clears throat> if there are friends and family facilitating access to nicotine products, then they need to stop and they need to make sure that they're taking their nicotine replacement um, therapy at the suggested times and ensure that, you know, they've changed their sort of usual habits, like not meeting with friends um, who are more likely to smoke or doing things that will kind of trigger a nicotine craving. Um, sort of changing things and then, you know, having, make sure, you know, plenty of water, make sure you've got a healthy diet. So those, you know, the usual things. But family, you know, should be encouraging and not react um, to to anything that the person might be saying because of nicotine withdrawal. Um, particularly with young people, it's very hard because you're, you know, you've got peer pressure and, you know, your friends are doing it and you want to do it. But it's always to, you know, promote good health talk to them about you know being healthy good lifestyle and also spiritually um nicotine isn't you know halal it's i think in the mahru disliked mm. um 
category, and some would even say that it's haram um, now because it's harmful to your health. So it's giving positive messages and understanding that nicotine is bad for you and other substances within cigarettes are bad for you and causing you harm. And it's all about looking after your health and your body. Shamsi, I've got brother Daniel who wants to ask a couple of questions as well. So Shamsi, you know, um, for example, uh, if there are there's there's a habitual smoker. How do you approach such person um, who may have difficulty with smoking? Um, sorry, can you can you repeat that question? So for example, uh, how can we approach such individuals who are kind of um, habitual smokers? Uh, if they are finding it difficult to quit smoking. Okay, so now in terms of um, smoking dependency, so somebody who's habitual, let me say, they may uh, present with um, a dependency level, say, moderate to high. So this is somebody who is probably smoking within five minutes of waking and finds it really hard to stay away from cigarettes in places where smoking isn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone who smokes more in the morning than in you know, other times. Um, so that person, we would encourage them to use um, nicotine replacement patches that are um, 24 hours. And then in addition to that, we will use an oral product um, for something that they get, so with chewing nicotine chewing gum, um, the mouth spray or the inhalator, but in this case, we've replaced the inhalator with an electronic cigarette. Um, so if they're using a patch, then we might use a very low-dose nicotine e-liquid for that person, and it's just for the hand-to-mouth action. So the first couple of weeks, the patches and the hand-to-mouth action from the VIX really helps them get through the nicotine cravings, and then we taper down, so we then reduce the dose of the patches should they need it, um, from 21 down to 14 for the four weeks and then seven milligrams for the remaining four weeks. So our program is 12 weeks. And they may eventually decide, I don't want to use the patches, I'll just continue to vape. Um, and they reduce um, the nicotine liquid from 10 milligrams to you know, to maybe six and then they carry on. And then the frequency of the using the vape decreases over time as well because not a, pe- not a lot of people like filling the tanks um, or replacing the cartridges and charging the device all the time. So it eventually stops. So by 12 weeks and beyond, the person would have completely stopped smoking. Plus, they get weekly telephone support or face-to-face advice with a um, stop-smoking practitioner who will talk about you know, the, the goals that they've set and um, around health and just generally if there is specific issues around the reasons why that person smokes. And those things are sort of sp- spoken about. If they need other help, they can be referred to another service. So th- it's a weekly um, advice and support session, weekly, you know, medication. And and we do see people quitting. Um, very high, highly addicted people from you know moderate to high dependency um, in their questionnaire, they do actually quit. And we have a sixty percent success rate. And I think a lot of the services in England have a very similar success rate. Mm-hmm. So, Shamsia, you have said that you, you know, you've given us different approaches or replacements uh, for nicotine. But, for example, if a person is, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes or vaping uh, just to suppress his feelings or emotions, yeah. Mm. So, 
do you believe that um, such replacements or uh, of nicotine could help uh, him to suppress his feelings or emotions or or any fears he have in his in his life? Um, right. So, using smoking as a crutch comes to mind. So, using nicotine as a crutch yep. for um, you know things that they may be thinking, emotional issues, you know things that they have they are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in a stressful situation, you're a smoker and you're in a stressful situation at work, for example, um, then yes, you will step out of work and you will light up a cigarette because you've had such a busy morning or um, difficult time at work. Yes, so people use smoking as a crutch uh, for issues that they're going through. And a lot of those things, um, when they start to stop, a lot of those things come to the surface and they've got to face it and deal with them. And there are, um, you know, for different levels of, um, let's say, support. So you might have somebody who's just smoking socially. Um, so they they won't need as in, you know, intensive, you know, nicotine medication or anything. They just might need an e-cigarette, hand-to-mouth action, and then eventually they will stop um when you've got somebody who's been smoking for very many many years um for lots of you know different reasons emotional reasons um you know they they will find it harder to stop they will make several attempts to quit um the, the, and this, this, that, psychological, that psychological that yeah. psychological barrier is the most challenging one isn't it Yes. Yeah, so when you when you're when you stop smoking, it takes about forty eight hours for the nicotine to clear out of your system. Okay. So that's when we say you're dealing with the psychological addiction mm. um, of you know your habits when you wake up in the morning, when you first light up. That's what you're dealing with, and plus um, the reasons why you went to the smoking. Um, those issues you have to deal with and we then provide sort of techniques or alternative things that people can do so we you know tips around quitting um, making sure that all you know all kinds of cigarettes and stuff are away you know taken away from the house there's nothing that reminds you of smoking Um, and then you know going out for walks when you go you know when you get a craving you go and have a glass of water so you're changing those, you know, techniques. But if you've got deeper, you know, things that you need to talk about, perhaps go and see a counsellor who can deal with those issues. Um, you know, doing exercises to calm you down, breathing exercises, things like that help. And also, you know, obviously, you know, turning to prayer, making dua and stuff like that really does help. There are specific duas for anxiety, for example. Um, so in the Muslim context, you would you know, do those things. And if, you know, we have Muslim practitioners who help people give up smoking, so they may have a little bit more of a perspective on somebody who's Muslim and trying to quit. Yeah. I hope that helps, yeah. Finally, this fantastic work you do, is it limited to Tower Hamlets? No, we we actually um, deliver the service in Newham and Waltham Forest. Okay. And if there are a sort of specific questions and things around smokeless tobacco, we do get contacted by other colleagues who are delivering similar services. So Queen Mary um, delivers three services. We've been commissioned by the local authorities to do three. Um, but the stop smoking model is basically um, covered by the National Centre for Smoking Cessation Training, 
all of the local authorities that fund services have to be NCSCT trained and deliver evidence-based support. And how can people access this service? So if you're living in London, Mm -hmm. outside of the three boroughs that I've mentioned, so you can call the London Stop Smoking Helpline Mm -hmm. and they will find your local service. And your local service could be a dedicated specialist stop smoking service like ours or you could have a pharmacy service where it could be your local pharmacist that you go into and they will provide the stop smoking support. So the London Stop Smoking Helpline is your first point of call if you live outside of Tower Hamlet, Neum and Morgan Forest. But if you're in um, the boroughs that uh, I've mentioned, um, if you call, uh, am I allowed to give my number? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you call um, 0207-882-8230, you will then be... um, in, in, um, in contact with one of our services. Awesome, awesome. Shamsia, thank you so much for taking time out for us on The Breakfast Show this morning. You do some fantastic work. May God Almighty reward and bless your work um, in, in helping all these people, especially youngsters, in, in giving up smoking. Um, I wish you a fantastic day ahead. May peace be with you. Oh, thank you. Asalaamu Alaikum. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Daniel, there's some fantastic points made by uh, Shamsia there, yeah. um, and I think uh, she, you know, she she touched on the the that side of of assistance that one normally doesn't go into, which is using prayer yeah. as a as as a means of giving up. So, what I want you to do is I want you to gather up your thoughts because. Before I come and ask you uh, uh, your your take on you know using prayer uh, to give up uh, um, to, to give up these such such, such uh, challenging habits, um, let's go listen uh, to an interview uh, that uh, was recorded with Professor Colin Davidson, uh, who is head of uh, School of Pharmacy and Biomedical Sciences. He's a neuropharmacologist and neurochemist. His main interest is on drug abuse and studied a number of legal highs. He also published in the field of stroke, where he has an interest in pre, um, pre-ischemic conditioning. His PhD was in the field of antidepressants and 5-HT um, efflux. So let's go and listen to what... Uh, uh, Professor Davidson uh, said on the topic. Uh, we have the pleasure of the company of uh, Dr. Colin Davidson on the line. Colin is a neuropharmacologist and neurochemist. His uh, main current interest is in drug abuse. So, uh, Dr. Davidson, thank you very much for coming on to speak to us. We're discussing the issue of drug addiction and nicotine in particular. Can you tell us what are the potential health risks associated with the use of Zin or other nicotine products? Okay, so the, the health the risks associated with nicotine products have been known for a long time. So, I mean, um, tobacco came to this country uh, around 1600, and pretty quickly um, it was found that you know, the pe- people tended to, you could, you could smoke it in a pipe or you could snort it um, like snuff. And pretty quickly, it was found that um, you know there were more cancers associated with with people who were taking it as snuff. So, the cancer um, issue with um, tobacco has been known for you know that's for over 400 years ago, uh, and it's you know the scientific evidence um, 
for cancers associated with with tobacco products um, started arriving about 100 years ago, so not early in the 20th century. Uh, and about 1950, I think, it was shown conclusively that lung cancer is associated with smoking. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of different substances in, in tobacco, not just nicotine. So there's you know, there's over 100 chemicals with, I think about 60 of them have been shown to be uh, you know, cancer-causing. And nicotine itself, um, although you know, I don't think nicotine itself causes cancer, it is associated with a number of problems. So if you, if you take too much of it, you're going to get an increase in your blood pressure, your heart rate's going to go up, and you're narrow, you, your arteries will narrow, and there's some evidence that it will harden your arteries. So these things you know, can lead to your heart attack and stroke. But also, um, the Fizin products, you know, it's early days yet. You know, the, the evidence will come out with these ZIN products over the coming years, but there is evidence already that it's causing problems with um, with gums. So the, the ZIN products are typically stuck you know, under under the lip, and dentists in the states are seeing um, some gum problems already, and it's similar to what's been seen in India for many years because uh, chewing tobacco in India is very popular, has been for years, and there's a lot of and gum disease uh, associated with the fat and tooth loss, uh, and possibly even um, cancers of the uh, mouth and, and upper um, esophageal areas. Mm. Uh, for the benefit of those listeners who are not uh, fully aware, what exactly is Zen? So Zen, um, it's I think it's it's more like a pure nicotine product that you find in in little um, white capsules usually um, it's I think it, it's very popular in the states where it comes in two doses three milligrams or six milligrams um, obviously if you're if you're starting out and you're not a nicotine you're not a smoker you would, you would start on the, the three milligram um, tablets you're supposed to chew it a little bit initially and then just sort of park it under your lip and let it leach out into your your lip and gum region where you know, some of it's going to go down your throat and into your stomach but most of it I think would be taken up by the blood vessels, you know, slowly taken up by blood vessels in the mouth mm. and so it will get into the brain relatively quickly. Mm. And and how does nicotine influence the release of neurotransmitters, particularly dopamine and uh, contribute to the reinforcement of addictive behaviours? So dopamine's the the main neurotransmitter involved in in pleasure and um, probably probably addiction. So most uh, drugs that people take, in fact, you know, there's many studies over the years showing, looking in, for example, in animal studies showing that most drugs of abuse will increase levels of dopamine. And things like amphetamine and cocaine, psychostimulants have huge effects on dopamine levels. Nicotine has a relatively small effect but nevertheless you know it's a positive effect on dopamine and so when you take you know a reasonable dose a small dose of nicotine then it, it should be pleasurable too high a dose of nicotine as you know, sometimes you see with these uh, people who start out taking zen at the six milligrams will cause nausea and vomiting and most people when they start smoking don't actually find you know smoking um very pleasurable because it, it you know it can cause nausea, um, but 
you know, eventually you're going to the the positive effects of the, these small releases in dopamine overcome that, and people can become addicted, and it gets into the brain. Smoking is a great way to get a drug into the brain quickly, hmm. and, and that's part of the reason it becomes addictive because it's getting into the brain very quickly. Right. What about cognitive effects? Uh, what are the cognitive effects of nicotine, both positive and negative? And how 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 are they relevant to Zin Zin users? So nicotine um, smoking's been known for for a long time, and and the nicotine especially you know, uh, as um, something useful for focusing, you know, trying to improve your focus or your attention, or even your your memory. So so called cognitive enhancer um, and you know, I guess students and people studying for, for years and years might have used you know, caffeine and nicotine to, to help them study um, more recently um, you know the cognitive enhancers uh, people are turning to things like um, methylphenidate which is used for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder which seems to do many of the same things um, but without the sort of negative side effects. But uh, you know, for many years, it's been considered a, a sort of mild cognitive enhancer. There's also some evidence that um, it's useful against Parkinson's disease. So that, that there's there are quite a few studies showing that nicotine users are less likely to develop Parkinson's. So you know, it's not all doom and gloom, but mm. uh, the benefits are relatively small compared to the um, potential hazards. Right. And uh, from a neuropharmacological perspective, can Zin or similar nicotine products be considered as harm reduction tools? And what evidence supports or challenges this? So the, the nicotine replacement therapies are considered harm reduction tools because they don't have all these carcinogenic compounds that, that tobacco has. So mm. things like um, nicotine lozenges or nicotine patches and nicotine gums, there's good evidence that they can um, you know, stop people from smoking and be less harmful. It's likely that Zins um, are less harmful than smoking, but you know it's, it's early days yet and they, they're not actually approved as a, a nicotine replacement therapy yet. And as I said, because the, the nicotine gets into the blood vessels very quickly, in the mouth and into the brain, it's it's you know it's more addictive and potentially more toxic than taking lozenges, patches, or gums. Mm. And what specific changes occur in the brain as a result of nicotine addiction, and and how might these changes manifest in individuals using it regularly? So the rat studies um, have been done for years and years, um, and. Typically, what what's found in in those rodent studies is similar to what is being found with people now. But we've we've found sex and age dependent differences um, to nicotine. So, um, if female rats tend to show greater withdrawal effects, and nicotine seems to have a larger effect in females and males, and also in adolescents. You know, it's very age dependent. Adolescents we seem to see bigger effects of nicotine. On adults, uh, sorry, adolescents than than in adults, uh, and it's probably because the, the effect in the dopamine system is greater in adolescents. Mm. And these, you know, 
I mentioned adolescence because you know that's a time when the brain is developing rapidly and, and you're becoming an adult and, and um, chemicals that you take during adolescence can can have very long-term effects as you've alluded to and the behavioral changes seen um, you know that last well into adulthood include increased rewarding effects of other drugs so that's a problem because it might you could see this as a gateway to taking other drugs with use um, decreased attention in in later life and also um, mood disorders so possible um, depression or anxiety associated with um, you know, smoking or taking nicotine during adolescence. Hmm. Are, are these changes to the brain uh, permanent or can they are they reversible? They're, they're likely um, per, permanent, ah. for want of a better word. I mean, mm-hmm. um, one, once the, the, brain, the changes to the brain happen, um, I mean, you, you can, over years, Get get closer to being normal, but um, for example, remember I used to do lots of studies with amphetamine uh, and in rat brains, and even a single dose of amphetamine was thought to have a permanent effect, you know, for the rest of the rat's life. And there were changes to its neurochemistry that um, that just stayed. So some of the changes that happen with nicotine might normalise over time, but there will be some changes that are probably permanent. Hmm. Well, uh, Dr. Davidson, it's uh, it's um, it was great to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much for your contribution and for furthering our understanding of this particular topic. And thank you very much for coming on. And there we had uh, Brother Valid, who was kind enough to interview Professor Davidson uh, for us. Uh, and interesting topic with regards to the the you know, use of drugs, but I hope you're still holding the thought, yeah. brother Daniel. Um, you know, Sister Shamsi kind of raised it as well. In Islam, smoking is not uh, prohibited, mm. but it is makru. Makru meaning the preference is there for not to do it. Yep. And uh, and uh, you know it's uh, it is bad for your health, but I don't want to focus just on the smoking aspect of it, and I'm sure you'll cover it. Um, but the whole notion of addiction, uh, especially in the youngsters um, of today's generation, because today's youngsters are the future of their families, their society, their groups, their communities, and of the country. What's what what what's the recommended uh, practice from uh, the the Islamic lens on this topic? So um, your question is really um, vast uh, in terms of uh, you can take it anywhere. For example, if you look at the Islamic teaching. The core principle of Islam is to um, pay the due rights of Allah Almighty mm-hmm. and secondly to pay the due rights of His creation. <laughs> yeah. So for example, if you, if you need to pay the due rights of Allah Almighty, you have to remember Him. Yeah. And to remember Him, uh, we have to look at our spirituality. Yeah. And if we have to look at our spirituality, it has a very direct relation to our physical state as well. What we eat, 
what we drink, what we see, yeah, our actions. So, for example, if we are drinking something which is bad for our health, it's gonna affect our spirituality, our inner um, inner self. Yeah, that's why it comes in in one of the saying of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings Allah be upon him, that a strong believer is better than a weak believer. Yeah, because if a believer is physically strong, it also will help him spiritually. And um, I want to quote uh, here something um, about um, this very specific topic um, in the light of the teachings of the Promised Messiah. So, the Promised Messiah, um, who is the founder of the MDM Muslim community, um, he says that. Um, the state, the natural state of a man has a very strong relationship with his moral and spiritual state. Yeah. So he says that he gives example. For example, when our eyes are filled with tears, even if the tears are artificially induced, the heart is immediately affected and become sorrowful. These instances established um, clearly that physical conditions certainly affect spiritual conditions. You know, then he talks about um, how what we eat and what we drink affects our uh, inner self. So he says that experience also shows that different types of food affect the intellect and the mind in different ways. He, he gives examples. For example, um, careful observation would disclose that people who refrain altogether from eating meat gradually suffer a decline of the faculty of bravery. They, they, they lose courage and thus suffer the loss of divinely bestowed praiseworthy faculty. Yeah. So this is this is a very long quotation, but in, in, in precisely he says that our body physical state has a very direct relationship to our spirituality and even our and vice versa. That's why in the Holy Quran, Allah Almighty states that you should eat what is not only halal, but also tayyib. Yeah? Halal means what is lawful, and tayyib means which is, uh, which is good for your health. And the definition of tayyib could vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. For example, if a person is, you know, um, has the, is allergic to, for example, oats, mm -hmm. yeah? So this means that oats are not tayyib for him it can be tayyib for somebody else but not for him fantastic um, thank you for that uh, brother Daniel we are coming up to the hour um, it's time uh, I think we <coughs> say our thank yous uh, for the preparation of today's show which was uh, produced by Inne Mumina um, and uh, by Ramin Masood it was researched by Anusha Nasir Aribai Jaz, Manahal Awan, Alia Rahman, Kashifa and Nabila. Um, thank you to you, Brother Daniel, for joining me this morning and uh, sharing the platform with me. Um, thank you to Brother Shahriar in tech, without whom we wouldn't be having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to our guests for taking mm -hmm. time out in the morning. Um, and uh, contributing and giving an insight into the topic that we have been speaking about. And also about. thank you to you as well. It it was being a pleasure and honor 
Dual. Pleasure's all mine, brother. Pleasure's <laughs> all mine. Um, uh, and as I started the show, uh, we talked about Gaza. We talked about the suffering of the Palestinians. Um, let's never, ever stop talking about justice, humanity um, and Palestine. Until we meet again, please forgive any shortcomings. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.